In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15. In this chapter, actually, our Lord Jesus Christ gave three parables concerning God's patience and mercy in calling sinners to salvation. And as usual in his parables, the Lord uses common examples of daily life. In each of these three parables, the Lord also answers the criticism of the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Israel who used to accuse the Lord Jesus Christ of associating with the sinners and the tax collectors. These three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son. St. Ambrose wrote, by the parables of the sheep that strayed and was found, the coin which was lost and was found, and the son who was dead and came to life, we may cure our wounds, being encouraged by a threefold remedy. A threefold cord will not be broken. Who is the father? The shepherd and the woman. In the parable of the lost son, we have father. In the parable of the lost coin, the woman. In the parable of the lost sheep, uh, a shepherd. So, St. Ambrose asking, who are the father, the shepherd, and the woman? They are God the Father, Christ, and the Church. So the Father represents God the Father. The shepherd represents Christ. The woman represents the Church. So what are the threefold remedies? Christ carries you on his body like how the shepherd carries the sheep on his shoulder. He who took your sins on himself. The church seeks after the lost sheep and the father receives. The shepherd carries, the mother searches, the father clothes. First, mercy comes. Then intercession and third reconciliation. Mercy when the mother, the church, search for her children. Intercession is the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Reconciliation is the reconciliation with the Father. Each complements the other. The Savior rescues. The church intercedes, the Creator re
reconciles. So, this actually, the comment on the three parables by Saint Ambrose. The outline of the chapter from verse 1 to 7, the parable of the lost sheep, 8 to 10, parable of the lost coin, uh, 11 to 32, the parable of the lost son. Uh, let's start from verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives the sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, Actually, in chapter 14, the Lord found great multitude following him. So he challenged them regarding discipleship and commitment. And he told them there are three requirements of discipleship. You need to put Christ your first priority. You need to carry your cross and follow me. And you need to forsake all what you have. These are the three requirements of discipleship. In spite of this strong challenge, maybe we expected the people to leave him. But his strong challenge did not drive people away. Rather, it attracted them to the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in verse 1, that all the tax collector and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Tax collector who served the Roman authorities and were despised by the common people. They were greedy, lover of money. Sinners mean in general the degraded and outcast class who were also drawing near to hear the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Pharisees who complained about this, they are the most influential religious party in Judea. And the scribes are the teachers of the law. And the Pharisees and scribes were high status members of Jewish society. The Pharisees and the lawyers considered themselves to be among the righteous, interpreted the scripture and the law very rigidly, and often they neglect to follow the example of the mercy of God and the justice of God. That's why the Lord rebuked them and he told them, you pay the tithe of the mint, anise, and camel, but you neglected the mightier uh, things of the law, mercy, justice, 
and faith. So these religious leaders criticized the Lord Jesus Christ for his interaction with what they considered to be ritually unclean. They considered the sinners and the tax collectors ritually unclean, impure, and also unworthy of the society. Jews were expected to keep themselves ritually clean for worship. How? By avoiding anything that might transmit ritual uncleanness. And they considered mingling with the tax collector and with the sinners. This actually will make them ritually unclean so they cannot worship God. So they perceived themselves as separated. They are different from these unclean sinners. These unclean sinners are not fit to enter the temple of God and offer sacrifice and worship God. So the tax collectors and sinners who were drawing near to hear the Lord Jesus Christ and the Pharisees who began to complain are actually the representatives of groups one and two in the parable of the great feast, great supper. This parable in chapter 14, Luke chapter 14. Quickly this parable that a king made a big supper and the first group he invited was the righteous. Then the everybody excused himself. So the first group represent the Pharisees. Then the Lord sent or the king sent his disciples and told them see anyone in the city and bring him in. So the second group are not the religious leaders, but the outcast of the society. Those who are considered unclean. It is the lost sheep of Israel. And this exactly what happened. The Lord sent the twelve to the lost sheep of Israel. After the religious leader rejected him, then the second time he sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But the disciples told, they, told him, still there is a space, there is place. So he told them, go outside the city to the highways and bring everybody. So the third group is about the Gentiles, people who were not Jewish. This is in the parable of the Great Supper. So the first group are the Pharisees, second group, the lost sheep of Israel. So here in Luke chapter 15, we find the tax collector and sinners are group two. 
And the Pharisees are group one of this great uh, uh, parable of the Great Supper. Then the Lord actually spoke about these two groups in his parable. So these two groups now are the center of his teaching. The complaint in chapter 15 was not the first complaint. This complaint is a repetitive one that the Lord meets with the tax collector and the sinners. They, as we read in Luke chapter 5, they asked the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Uh, in chapter 5, the Lord responded by the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who entered into the temple to pray. And the Pharisee prayed with arrogance, but the publican stood at the door beating his chest and couldn't lift up his eyes to heaven and said, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. So now the Lord is responding by telling them a parable of the lost sheep. This parable has three messages. One message to the Pharisee for their conviction. The other to the publicans and the tax collectors and the sinners to their encouragement. And the third message, to vindicate himself. Verse 4, this is the parable of the lost sheep. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost? until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. 100 sheep. In spite of this big number, but the shepherd grieved the loss of one sheep who went astray. God cares about all the sheep in his flock. And when one becomes lost, like a lost sinner, God, like any good shepherd, make every effort to bring this person back to the flock. 
And when that one sinner is restored to the church, God rejoices in his restoration. It is not strange that a sheep would be lost or that a shepherd would seek the sheep. But it seems strange that a shepherd leave 99 of his flock for the sake of 1%. Definitely a good shepherd will not endanger or put at risk the 99% of his flock. So either the safety of 99% was assumed or there is already joy over them who were saved. Or the point of this parable that God rejoices for the sake of 1%. So the point of this parable is not the neglect of the 99%. God wants to say that the salvation of every lost sinner is a victory for the kingdom of God in which all the flock can rejoice. And we can see how the whole purpose of the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ was to sacrifice his life for sinners. The lost sheep cannot save himself or he cannot find the shepherd by himself. So if the shepherd did not take action to search for the lost sheep, the sheep would have been lost. And this put responsibility on our shoulder whether clergy or Sunday school servants. When there is a lost sheep, we should not expect that the lost sheep knows the way back by himself or he can find the shepherd by himself. No. If the shepherd did not take action, the sheep would have been lost. In the same way, if the church, clergy and servants do not take action, the sheep would have been lost. Many believe that God received the sinner when he returns back to him the right way. But in this parable, the Lord Jesus Christ wants to explain that not only God receives those who return back to him, but also God is actively seeking out the lost. So God is not only receiving those who come back to him, but he is actively seeking those who are lost. He searched for them. The lost sheep actually represented the whole human race that was lost. 
and we can say the 99 are the angels and God actually the Son descended from heaven in searching for the lost sheep and died on the cross to save us we see here also how the shepherd invited all the neighbors and friends saying to them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost so the shepherd yearns for rejoicing from his fellows he would love others share in his joy in finding the perishing and finding the suffering sheep this rejoicing with his effort to win the lost Jesus had looked for among the rulers and the religious leaders and the teachers of Israel but did not find it they were not happy or rejoicing with him that he came to save the lost sheep like the sinful woman in the house of Simeon the Pharisee or Zacchaeus or the thief on the cross they were not happy or Matthew the tax collector the Pharisees not only declined the rejoicing of saving the tax collector and the sinners but positively condemned his works and his efforts and his teaching they complained repeatedly about how he was eating and mingling with the tax collectors and the sinners some scholars said the 99 just person who need no repentance as we read it here 99 just persons who need no repentance nobody need no repentance so some scholars said these are the self-righteous the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Israel who believe they are just righteous and they don't need repentance because God's call to repent is for every single person all of us we send in a way or another if a person said he never sinned then he is lying so this 99 could be the religious leaders of Israel also uh, we read in verse 6 and when he comes home comes home is about the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ to heaven and when God ascended to heaven the angels rejoiced as when he in verse 6 when he comes home he calls his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost so when God ascended to heaven all the heavenly ranks uh, rejoiced with the salvation that the Lord has performed on earth 
St. Paul spoke about this in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 when he said without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh this incarnation justified in the spirit seen by angels that's ascension preached among the Gentiles believed on in the world received up in glory so received up in glory seen by the angels after his ascension and actually he the angels rejoiced with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the salvation that he accomplished in on earth that's why the Lord commented after the parable and said I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance the second parable uh, the parable of the lost coin or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she has found it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost likewise I say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents the parable of the lost sheep reveals the love of the shepherd he has given up himself came down to earth in search of the haughty of the prideful as well as the lost person and in love he embraced him and carried him on his shoulder and brought him back to the heavenly host in this parable the lost coin he offers a picture of how the church should be like the church the bride of Christ has a responsibility also to search for the lost sheep the church has the same qualities toward the fallen ones and searches for them lovingly and is tender with them and rejoices for their coming back and here the Lord used silver coin as a symbol of the human soul the reason of the choice why he chose a silver coin lies on the surface of the coin the coin is what it is because it has on it the king's image man is precious 
because he too has the image of the great king. So, this piece of paper or this silver coin has its value from the image that's stamped on it and the writing on it. In the same way, we have our value who are precious because of the image of the great king we were created in the image of God after his likeness. The image, three things, the intellect, the will, and the, uh, the immortality. We have intellect, we have free will, and also we are immortal like God. Uh, also, another observation, the sheep that was lost strayed away from the sheepfold, but the coin was lost in the house. The coin is lost inside the church. So, the Lord implies here that there is a possibility that a soul that's precious in the sight of God may be lost even within the society of the believers or the church. The church which is the visible house of God. I will understand, I will explain more how a soul can be lost inside the church. The woman in this story first brought light, then swept and cleansed the house. Then she searched for the coin carefully and with deliberate intent. And she kept looking until she found the coin. This is how the church, led by the Holy Spirit, search for the lost soul. Number one, to bring the light, the light of the Word of God. The Word of God is my lamp, is lamp to my feet. Then the church sweep and clean any wrong teaching inside the church any mishandling of the commandment of God, any wrong interpretation of the scripture, these things can make people lost inside the church. That's why the first thing she brought was lamp, the word of God the truth as interpreted by the early church fathers and start to sweep and to clean the house to clean from any wrong teaching 
That's why St. Paul, when he heard about false teachers in Galatia, he wrote to them in his letter and told them, if we or angels from heaven taught you with any other teaching than what you were taught, let him be accursed. Why he was doing this? To clean the church. To sweep and clean the church. Why the ecumenical councils were gathered? And why the church took a firm stand with Arius, with Nestorius, with Sabellius, with all these heretics, to clean the church by the word of God? then the lost sheep will be found. When the church did so, when the woman did so, she found the lost coin. And the woman was naturally happy. In the same way, God is happy when sinners repent. In contrast to the religious leaders who complained when tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. This is big difference between the heart of God who does not wish the death of a sinner but rather that he returns and lives and the heart of the religious leaders of Israel were complaining and angry when the Lord Jesus Christ was mingling with the tax collectors and sinners. So the message of the teaching is the same like the parable of the lost sheep. God is concerned for the lost sinner and his desire that none should perish. And it is the mission of the church to cherish her children and to keep them within the fold of the covenant family, not willing that any should be lost to sin. Then the parable of the lost son, I will just give introduction uh, to this parable, but Next time, we will explain this parable. So this is the third parable in the series of teachings on the mercy and patience of God. This parable of the lost son is found only in the Gospel of St. Luke. Usually we call it the prodigal son, but Maybe a better title is the parable of the merciful father. Since the mercy of the father is the focus of this story. In the previous parables, the Lord Jesus Christ did not find sufficient to reveal God's relation with man. Because the first parable, a relation between a shepherd and a sheep. Second parable, 
relation between woman and a lost coin. So God wants to elaborate more about his relationship with us. God searches for the lost as the shepherd search for the lost sheep and the woman who lets up a lantern and searches for the sake of the lost coin. But the parable of the merciful father appeals to the universal emotion of the fatherhood which yields over a wandering child just because he has wandered. He wants him to come back. Uh, also we see the majority of the parable speaks of the younger of the two sons. But at the end, the older brother is clearly and importantly addressed at the end of the parable. So most of the parable about the younger son, but at the end, we hear about the older son. Also, we can see there is advance in these three parables. Advance in the proportion of the percentage of the lost. In the first parable, one out of hundreds, one percent. Then in the second parable, one out of ten, it's ten percent. Then in the third parable, one out of two, it's fifty percent. So here the Lord actually is explaining that 1% is important, 10% is important, definitely 50% is important. The immediate application of the parable, the father is the great father of the souls of human beings. The elder son represent the religious Pharisees, the self-righteous. The younger son stand for the publicans and the sinners. But also on a wider scale we can say the elder son stand for Israel according to the flesh for the Jews and the younger for the Gentiles. This parable is an answer to the Pharisees' criticism of the Lord's interest in sinners. And insight, also this parable is an insightful commentary on human conduct, illustrating conflict between free will and responsibility. So this younger son had free will but he acted in an irresponsible way. So there is a conflict between free will and responsibility. Conflict between estrangement and family love. Also, it reflects on the theme of forgiveness and reconciliation. But above all, 
the parable teaches the gift of divine forgiveness to a lost sinner. Lost sinners are the kind of people who are seeking Jesus and the restoration he promised to them who repent and accepted the coming of the kingdom. So this parable explains the gift of divine forgiveness. This was just introduction to the parable of the uh, prodigal son or the merciful father. And then uh, next time we will uh, continue uh, the explanation of this parable. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.